Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, continuing into Jurassic June. Yeah, dinosaurs. I don't know. You guys do any dinosaur stuff lately? I haven't done any dinosaur stuff lately, but it's Jurassic June. Shout out to Steven. He was with us last episode, our Patreon producer. I am Illegal86. I am here with my good friends, Nerd Bomber and Tactic. It's summer. It's finally, I feel like it's finally outside time, you know? Well, it's not officially summer, but but we'll allow it. I think you should allow it. I mean, by the, by the time this comes out, there, it will be well, it'll still be like two weeks out. But you get the idea. It, get, Memorial Day happened. Get your beach balls out. Get your floaties out. Get swimming. Get your yeah. coronas out. All of the best parts of summer. Had my first pool experience of 2022 this past and since we were last recorded. Was it, it was warm on enough? Memorial Day. It was on Memorial Day, so yeah, it was warm enough. I want to. I want to state a, a treatise on going into pools the more you get older or as many people would say it the more you age as you get older you know when i was in the pool when i was when i was a lad i would like you go from heavy splashing to heavy floating exactly it's like you i would i would jump into the water be doing all kinds of acrobatics no regard for my inner ear or just my general safety now it's like is there a float that i could be in because otherwise I'm going to get out. That's like, that's kind of my, like, I don't, pools are great. Let me just, let me clarify. I love pools. I wish I had a pool. I don't. They're great to lay in and stay cool in. But like doing stuff? I don't know. I, I yeah, incidentally, another thing that happened to me since we last recorded, I turned 30 years old. So I guess this is it now for me. I can't enjoy things anymore. It's all downhill from here. Is that your experience? Like, do you guys do you guys not enjoy pools anymore? Because you guys are also thirty, not to out. Oh you. no, I actually love pools more. But the key here is a good pool float that has good back support. Just so you know. Yeah. No, my 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 dad. Shout out to my dad. He's the person whose pool I was in. He spent. Oh, no, first of all, let me just. He spent too much money on this. Okay. I want to say he spent around two hundred dollars. On, like, on a pool float? Yeah. So my dad, like, he he gets he goes to like resorts and stuff, and I guess he was at this resort, and they had it's basically a beanbag chair that's also a pool float, and it's one of those ones where like you lay on it, it it provides solid solid support in all areas, but it also manages to submerge itself the exact appropriate amount where you're still your body is largely submerged, but you're still floating, which is like a delicate balance there's probably a science to that it was incredible that's what that's that's all i did in the pool i didn't even swim like usually i go in the pool and i like i'll swim like one back and forth just to like make sure i can still do it you know i didn't even bother with that this time i was like it's memorial day and i just got on the float and just kind of floated around and it was great shout out to pools go to your local pool if the weather uh, permits and uh go for a float or jump in your neighbor's you know? pool when they're not home jump in your neighbor's that's actually you're right that's probably better you know, you don't have to drive around. Gas is expensive right now. We're not going to talk about pools this whole time. We have to talk about Netflix Geeked Week. And we're also going to be talking about PlayStation's State of Play that happened recently. Lots to dig in in both of those areas. And I, of course, I want to start with the State of Play because I want to make it as clear as I can. I think as I as I have often in the past that I just, man, I think I'm, I think I'm officially ready to come out and say I'm I'm team Sony, like at, at least in terms of Sony versus Microsoft. And I know you guys, you guys have horses in both those races. So I want your opinion as well. But when I look at Xbox events like this, and then I look at the state of play and everything they're rolling out and how it looks, I'm just so much more enamored with this. And, and maybe it's because I own a, a PS5, but it just, everything looked fantastic. Of course, the one I want to make specific mention of, and I'll turn it over to you guys to make specific mentions of others as well, Callisto Protocol. I mean, this game, Nerbomber, I figured can't play it. Yeah, I figured once I saw this, first of all, I will never play this. Second of all, you will try to get me to play this, and I still won't. And that's third right. of all, this is yeah, like right. right up your alley. Well, so it's it's interesting because you have Dead Space coming out, I believe, next early next year. I believe it's, it's it's first quarter 2023. Callisto Protocol was announced. The date was given now as December 2nd, 2022. And for those that don't know, we talked about it on the podcast a while ago when it first was teased in like a more of a cinematically driven trailer. This is coming directly from the creator of the original Dead Space games. And watching the trailer, th- this trailer in particular here, which has some more gameplay in it, uh, it's not particularly hard to tell. 
I would even go so far as to say this looks in many ways like a Dead Space reskin. Do I have a problem with that? You shouldn't. Uh, no, of course not. I, I, if anything, it's great. I just at this point, I'm wondering which game, this game or Dead Space, is going to be the Dead Space of your game because it actually might be Callisto Protocol. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if I enjoyed this one more. And uh, it looks fantastic. The whole time I was watching the trailer, I was like, "Nerd Bomber would hate that. She'd hate <laughs> that. Uh, she would not. She would not deal with that very well." And uh, I was into every single second of it. This will be a day one purchase for me, which I don't think I say that very often on this show. Like we talk about games a lot, whether they're day one purchases. I rarely stick my neck out like that. This is a day one purchase. This is probably a pre-order, which again is something that I've done maybe a handful of times. You guys do it all the time. I do it a handful of times. I have done it a handful of times. I can't even think of the last game I pre-ordered. Have I pre-ordered a game before? So the thing that that really stuck out for me, games aside, is this perpetual act that Sony does of investing into their hardware. I mean, we've seen it when the with the initial release of the PlayStation Five, where they had all of the haptic feedback in their controller, and now they're they're heavily honing in on the PSVR two with with a whole slew of games and i and i think that's really important right. because you always want to be in the the on the cutting edge you don't want to be the the company playing catch up so you ask me am i team sony or am i team microsoft and the the answer is yes but ultimately i am very much team playstation or sony when it comes to what they do with their hardware the controllers like i said were critically acclaimed and we're always looking at what's what's next for this technology and sure faster hardware is great and all but like then what you know microsoft is going to be at this point eventually where sony's been developing all of this vr stuff forward 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 and then they're the last thing they have is the connect it's even remotely similar yeah i feel like microsoft doesn't care about that though like i don't think that's where they're focusing their vr ar research i think they're really looking at vr and ar from not so much an entertainment application but like a office sort of application like a professional product they can roll out so i don't think they care that playstation has a space in that market and i think probably at this point i don't ever see microsoft really entering that market themselves but i could see them more doing they're too far behind yeah i could see them like making a deal with oculus they're they're not oculus anymore it's meta sorry they're meta yeah. I could see them cutting a deal with Meta or, you know, uh, there's other headsets, the Index, right? Isn't that one of them as well? Where, because... Well, doesn't, doesn't Steam also have one? Or am I, yeah, am I mistaken? Yeah, I think it's the Valve Index, yeah. right? Oh, and that's right. Okay, yeah. the Xbox is a little bit more closely related in terms of, like, the UI and coding and just the general hardware closer to a PC, I feel like they would just make a deal at that point, like, oh, you can be the exclusive headset of the Xbox or whatever, and they wouldn't make their own. they just make it compatible. But I'm, I'm glad, Technic, that you brought this up because it's it's interesting not just... I mean, the PSVR 2 doesn't even have a release date yet. We haven't even seen a headset for it. And yet, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of teased content. And I want to make note, too, of specifically it's No Man's Sky VR. No it's Man's Resident Sky Evil 4. It looks amazing. It looks so good. Uh, a Resident Evil 4 remake that apparently has VR content featured. Horizon VR tie-in. Like, I think what they're doing specifically, or what it seems like they're doing specifically, is they're taking their known quantities, their money makers, and they're saying, we need to... They're making a concerted effort to drive people to the hardware to say, I'm going to buy PSVR 2 because I want to play No Man's Sky in VR or I want to play Horizon in VR. And the footage that we saw for it, you know, especially No Man's Sky, I do want to make special mention of that. I mean, it looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it did it not look exactly like, like what the kind you of thing you would use it for. With traditional VR games, it looked like, you know, one of those build around PC setups almost, which one is perfect for a game like that but two is even better for vr because you don't need a whole big built-in pc setup i really liked the horizon game out of all of the vr games that were showcased because one of the things and i don't know if you guys feel this way i know we've all played the original psvr and then i also have the meta quest 2 and one of the things that i think holds vr back a little bit is the quality of the image and i know once you get like a beefed up gaming pc you can get some really high quality graphics in your vr games but 
in terms of what we've seen at, I guess, the lower budget end, which is what I guess I would classify the PSVR and like the the MetaQuest 2, it doesn't look realistic. And to me, like, yeah, all of the VR games showcase look great. And I did like like the finger tracking that it seems like they're introducing, especially when they shut off Resident Evil Village. But Horizon looked just as beautiful as the main game. And to me, that's super impressive because yeah. you don't see that really in accessible console related VR. Right. And, I, you know, I'm sure that the people who haven't bought the original PSVR, because, I, you know, if I was Sony, I'm probably I'm probably thinking, OK, the people that bought the PSVR are going to buy the PSVR, too. Whether that's a good assumption or not, I don't know. But to me, looking at all these these trailers, again, what it seems like to me is they're targeting people who are already in their ecosystem and love their games, but are feeling exactly like what you just said, Nerd Bomber, which is, okay, but the, you know, the tech isn't there yet. They want to show people the tech is absolutely there. It looks beautiful. You want to be in on this. And I just, you know, I think there's a really great future for the PSVR too. I'm really curious what it looks like. Because, you know, and I, I don't think we've seen what it looks like yet, but... We saw the controllers, I'm, but not the headset. The controllers and the headset had like the halo, cool. kind of like what the, the right. MetaQuest has. I mean, say what you will about the PSVR. I, I, I think the PSVR, like, I, I hear you when it comes to the graphics, but for what it is, I think the PSVR is fantastic. I've had a great experience with it. Well, especially when you think about, like, when that came out. Right. But the headset's super bulky. No matter how you slice it it's very bulky it's like it's heavy I'm like i got a i got a big coconut noggin for those who have never seen me which i so I, I do feel a little bit like it lends itself better to like my form factor as a person so it's never really bothered me too much but it's a it's a beefy boy so i am really curious to see whether they can slim down the headset at all whether that's even tractable for you know a console vr you know, I don't even know where the processing power needs to go. Probably in the console itself, I would hope. See, I would feel like because it is attached to the console, like, yeah, part of the bulk of the PSVR inherently is that it's wired. And I don't know if they can get away from that because the PS5 is doing the bulk of the processing power, I'm assuming, for the PSVR too. But if you look at something like the MetaQuest, I mean, it's completely everything is all in that one headset. And somehow they've managed to make it light. I mean, it's got more in it than the psvr headset because it has the outward facing cameras like the psvr original headset doesn't have any cameras built in and i feel like just looking right. at how meta used their space that they had and small components to make a very lightweight all-inclusive device now if you start offboarding some of those components because they're going to be housed in the, the ps5 i feel like it has to be lighter right it has to be well so and i i just i just googled PSVR originally came out, it looks like, it's 2016, which actually I didn't realize it was, I thought it was even earlier than that. But nonetheless, that's six years that have been heavy with VR development. I will say right now, I don't know how likely this is, but if this thing is wireless, I I put money down right now on it without even thinking about it. I would say, take whatever you want of my bank account. I will have one, please. Again, I don't, I'm not sure that's particularly likely, but if that were to happen, boy, would I be front and center looking for one we'll see I, I i do think it's it's much more likely that it's at least lighter and slimmer which again i think that alone would draw in a lot of people who were skeptical in the past so a lot of the vr games that we saw in the showcase though lots of like resident evil vr and i know like the previous resident evil vr game was super successful as well who is playing this i genuinely want to know if you're a listener out there how can you do this to yourself like that just seems too yeah. scary I can't even play these type of games when I have the TV like seven feet away from me and all of the lights are on. Like I could not imagine immersing myself in a horror game. That just sounds terrible. It sounds like a bad time. Well, and it also like to me, that seems like a, a playing field for just like kind of supercharged gimmicks. Like just a lot of jump scares is probably what I imagine they are. I, I'm, I would hope they're more than that. But at face value, I guess. That's I really hope how I feel about that. It there's a lot more horror games especially in vr that leverage the the 80s horror genre and i've mentioned this before where they put the just this disconcerting uncomfortable scariness where there's no jump scares at all but you just you're you're just unreasonably terrified at the 
the just the dis- level of discomfort, if that makes sense. So you want like Pet Cemetery VR or like Goosebumps VR? I want none of that, but I think that's a much cooler way so, to so, do the horror. Someone genre. does. We're going to talk about 80s horror a little bit later. Wink, 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 nudge, nudge. But I want to make special mention of Resident Evil 4 being remade. A, because I love remakes. I think they should always happen. I'm always pro remake. I know people like it's the exact opposite of how I feel about movies where I'm like, don't remake that video games. I'm like, yeah, you nailed it the first time. Just remake it. Better graphics. I I, th- I just think it's always going to be a winner. And Resident Evil 4 is like, I've never played it all the way through, but it's like one of the canonical, like, I, I'm sure at one game of the year, the year it came out. I remember for the GameCube, we had a demo disc for this, which gave you whatever the first like missions worth of play or something. And played the crap out of it hadn't played any resident evil games prior to that but i remember a it was scary and b it was super super fun so i just think this is great very on board did you guys play if you first of all what's your resident evil because we're going to talk about resident evil later too what's your resident evil exposure because mine's pretty minimal i just want to give you the opportunity to guess my resident evil exposure <laughs> yeah well i guess tactic what's your resident evil exposure movies, movies only. only is that for you yeah okay I've only seen the first movie. Pretty good, especially for when it came out. Really fun. Yeah, I you know, the Resident Evil kind of storyline seems just totally bananas to me at this point. Like I think in Resident Evil 4, I think the president's involved. I'm not positive. Someone's going someone's probably laughing at me on Twitter right now and that's honestly totally justified. But uh, I love remakes, I love horror games. Resident Evil 4, big old thumbs up from from your boy. Other things that we got from the state of play that I have not yet mentioned. I would be remiss if I did not shout out Spider-Man Remastered. Coming to PC. This is, I feel like, big. This is a big deal. If you have not, if you're out there, first of all, if you're out there and you have a PlayStation, you haven't played Spider-Man yet, because I know someone who's in this situation. What are you doing? Who is it? And can we publicly shame them? Uh, I'm trying to actually, I can't remember who it is. I know I know somebody who it is, who, who is in that situation. It might be my little brother, and by, at which point, by all means, go ahead and shame him. I mean, it's easily in my top 10 games ever. So, you know, if you have, that, that brings me to my next point. If you have a PC and you've been waiting, uh, wait no longer. August 12th, 2022, which is, is a Friday. So kick out of work and buy this. And that's going to be your whole weekend and probably some subsequent weekends. Yeah, because then they'll obviously buy the you next it to be. Right. Exactly. I, I, well, I think... Yeah, Miles uh, Miles Morales is coming to PC later in the fall, so they, they're kind of priming the pump there. But yeah, A-plus to that. Again, love remakes. Uh, and then we got a, we uh, got some news on Stray, which I know we talked about this. Yeah, you know Nerd Bomber's excited for this one. Yeah, Nerd, Nerd Bomber's getting in on this. This is coming July 19th. So this is, this is big. It's also, a, it was also, it's, it's <laughs> right, Alley Cat. Um, this game is going to be one of their first tiered games available on playstation plus extra and premium available to playstation plus extra and premium subscribers uh which are two of the new tiers that i think we talked about a few episodes back that sony is introducing kind of moving towards a vaguely game pass ish sort of thing so july 19th if you're a member of either of those two tiers this game just kind of falls into your lap like a cat would i mean yeah stray looks very pleasant i don't know nerd bomber take it away are you are you still in gush mode about this one or just kind of i am pretty excited about this like first of all i don't think there's a lot of games where you control an animal especially in this regard it seems like a very natural game and it feels like they've somehow captured the essence and not that i would know what the essence of being a cat is but like it feels like they captured that i don't know if that's a correct statement but like it feels like it is and i really also like the way that as the cat, you interact and you're the only kind of like living creature in this otherwise robotic like droid world. And I'm really interested to see what the greater overarching story is because it's not just you like a silent cat wandering through like you're you're talking there's dialogue. So I'm really curious to see what the writing in this game is going to be like. And as much as I love animals and the cat aspect, I think the world itself is very intriguing to me. I really like that the art style and just the general vibe. Because I mean, you guys know I'm, I'm really big into like sci-fi books, movies, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. So I'm here for this and I'm very excited. I know I've seen it now. This is not the first trailer that we've gotten for this game. We've seen the trailers pop up quite often lately and every time i see a trailer for this game i'm just like i can't wait and now it's on the horizon well so i also want to note 
about Stray, and you know, scrolling through the rest of the trailers that were popped out here, Street Fighter Six got a gameplay trailer. Uh, Resident Evil, oh god, what is that Roman numeral? Sixteen got a release window for next summer. Got another trailer for that. But if you don't count Callisto Protocol, which I'm not because it's basically a Dead Space reskin, Stray is the only original IP here. Everything else is, and you know, I know I just said coming right off the heels of me saying I love remakes, do more remakes. It's it, that doesn't mean it's not worth highlighting original ip and how important that is so yeah shout out to stray well and there's more there was more original ip than just stray was there yeah eternites that looked really good i must have missed that one or it's not well it's not in the article that i have in front of me that was the it was like a dating action sort of combination game when we were watching the trailer my immediate reaction was like but then it definitely got cooler once they showed combat. I'm not a big like dating sim person, but tactic. The fighting out. looked really cool. And if I have to flirt with a couple people along the way, so be it. If I can get a cool sword fist and hammer fist, I'm there. Dating is action-packed enough for me without the actual action. If you haven't seen this trailer, it's very strange. It opens with his arm gets cut off and blood swirts everywhere. And then he's like, don't worry, folks. I got a glowy hand. And then he uses that to flirt on women. <laughs> flirt on women? Yeah. Needless uh, to say, I need a dating summer because I don't know even know the lingo. I also forgot to mention Season A Letter to the Future, which is coming out this autumn 2022. Uh, looks like a very peaceful game about, and I'm quoting, exploring, recording, meeting people, and unraveling the strange world around you. Traveling around on a bike. So it sounds very peaceful. Roller drone skates. Yeah, okay. I had, I had a bad article in front of me. That's my bad. I see now that there are quite a few original IPs. However, I want to ask about Walking Dead in particular. This is another one that PSVR 2. I guess I want to ask the general question. Not that I was like, you know, this this was fine. I wasn't, I didn't feel any particular way about this. Is Walking Dead ever going to be over? That's that's just kind of like my, like, because at one point I was like, it's over. And that was like five years ago. Well, it's kind of like a Marvel thing, so, right? It's on TV. It's in toys. It's in comics. It's this whole media of it. And might as well do podcast. Am I right? Hashtag Squirrel Girl. Well, it's just like, what is the, I mean, the zombie apocalypse is a very generic, it's a generic premise that you can use without slapping the Walking Dead name on it. Probably a lot. And I think just there's this crutch that's being used innumerably of like, People just calling something Walking Dead because they can get a, a hold of the rights to the IP, and then it's just kind of like a generic zombie thing. And I want to express some di- uh, some displeasure with that publicly here on the podcast, if that's if that's okay with you guys. I mean, I would definitely agree with that because so it started as the comic. The comic is pretty much done now. Like I know they're still churning out like the the spinoff comics, and I know they have like a Clementine one. If you've played like the Telltale series, now they have a spinoff of that. But like the mainline comics are done and even the TV show like that petered off and all of the spinoff TV shows like I don't think Fear the Walking Dead ever really took off like they wanted it to. No, because people were like, okay, Walking Dead's over. So let it be over. Like I think Fear the Walking Dead, like didn't that premiere before the first one even ended? It's like, what are you yeah, you're overlapping these? It's do what Game of Thrones did. Give people like two or three years to kind of cool off a little bit and then bust out whatever the new one's called i can't even think of it dragon something or other yeah i, I agree it yeah. should just be put it's the problem is it it's the undead right so it can never die but I'm, it's zombies maybe that is what they're thinking i i don't know what they're thinking but that that, that could potentially be it the game that i really want to talk about and I'm oh just, yeah i'm just yeah go on very excited about this one so this is there are few genres that you know i don't really like that nerd bomber likes and vice versa and the one that i like that she cannot really stand is fighting games because to her they're just button mashing yeah i apologize i knew i knew i knew technic was going to go to street fighter 6 all the I, I knew i didn't even there, like it's strategy it's anticipation it's knowing the character and knowing what moves are best to to go against anticipating that character's skill set come hear on. me out though i look at the combo list I fully intend to play with skill. And I look at the combo list and there's so many arrows. There's so many arrows. All of the different combos yeah. kind of look the same. My eyes glaze over and then I'm just fat fingering the controller hoping that I do something cool. I could not agree more with this assessment. Like, Tactic, you're saying there's skill involved. 
their skill involved. I don't know. I don't even know if I agree. I don't know if I agree with that. I look at the combo list and I'm just like, do you want to do a roundhouse kick? Oh, can you split the atom while doing a backflip? I'm like, well, no, obviously. So I'm just going to mash stuff. I mean, maybe that's just me saying I'm not good at fighting games, but I'll own that. It's just like, I don't know. I don't, there's probably skill to it, but it feels like such a, yeah. Fighting games aside, this, and yes, this is a fighting game, but they added a lot of non-traditional Street Fighter elements to it that are really exciting. So first and foremost, we saw that it's open world. So you'll be able to explore, interact, kick garbage cans, bump into people, the standard. But the other thing that was kind of interesting is it's centered around a mysterious blue hooded figure. Guys, I'm like 90% sure that's a custom character. And the reason why I say that, and I think what they're going to do is do what they doing like soul caliber when you have custom characters where it's a quote custom character but it's like a clone of various players move sets because you saw he punched the garbage can and went are you okay so obviously you know ryu's uppercut and so that's kind of a bummer that you can't make your own custom moves and things like that but like to have a custom character to be able to run around to be able to fight and do that with it that's pretty cool that's really exciting that's something new that's capcom putting a fresh spin on a pretty dated premise so i can yeah i can get behind the idea of like a street fighter game that's open world like but again, I mean, again, you're not appealing to me now, especially because like I don't really care for fighting games. When you're like, what if it was a fighting game, but also Pokemon, which you don't play? Which like then you're I I, I you know it's not for me, but I can understand you're appealing to so many people at that point. Because I assume when they say open world, they mean you walk around until you see someone and you just fight them. Well, th- then I think it, it it is like a Pokemon battle almost because we didn't see any like open world fighting. We saw like you know two almost the two D fighting so i think you brought well, right, right. it's you, like you, you, right exactly which i think is a great idea like on paper and considering what people tend to like who aren't me that sounds like a money maker so i do applaud the ingenuity i just it's not uh it's not my cup of tea tactic i'll play you sometime and i'll just be mashing buttons the whole time and i'll probably be you the, hopefully thus invalidating the entire concept of fighting games but maybe that's a pipe dream i bet you're i bet you're probably really good at these games you seem like an expert like a button masher who knows combos i feel like that's as good as you can get at street fighter games it's or, I mean, it's the same reason of like, why whenever i play people in smash and it's like a free-for-all i hide in the corner until it's 1v1 so that i can effectively anticipate my opponent's moves see smash is the same thing for me a bunch of combos each character is different Yep. I look at the combo list. It all looks the same. Well, My eyes blur over is, and I'm done. Smash, Smash is, is easier is though like, because... Yeah, it's, it's light mode. It's like one direction and one button. It's like, it's, there's not like... The, the combos are like two steps. I assume Street Fighter is like, okay, do a loop-de-loop. Now wiggle your left pinky toe and then, you know, scratch your opponent's nose in a perfect semicircle and then you'll kick him in the nuts and he'll die. Like, you know, it's like... Oh, so you like know the seven steps. already. Yeah. Which one did I just say? That was the uh, that was the thunder and lightning. I think I just I just kind of unrolled for you guys here. Yeah, I'll play you sometime. I mean, the thing about street like I keep calling them Street Fighter games. The thing about fighting games is, to their credit, they are very low impact. Ironically, like you can play one round of it. I mean, I, I remember when I was in college when the new Mortal Kombat came out. Might be I'm not be dating myself there, but when the new Mortal Kombat came out, yeah, we played that for a few minutes. Like there was, there was like at least a span of like a few weeks where like many nights we would just get together and just kind of like, cause people can swap in and out very yeah, easily. It's a great, like with chill- your friends. It's great. It's a great, it's a great chilling in a dorm room game. Much like I think Super Smash Brothers is, although that's, I kind of agree Nerd Bomber. I, it's not really my cup of tea either. Which means you were eliminated on the first round in the tournament. Is that what you're, this, this feels like projecting. See there. I mean, sure. You, you can say that. There's strategy to that though. So like. I know Smash frustrates me. And part of it, even without like having to mash buttons, I just get lost on the screen. There's just so much happening, especially when you get like bigger games with a ton of people playing that like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just my attention span can't keep up or like my eyes just can't track things. And so I will intentionally lose the first match. So I get cycled out and then I can just drink a beer and have a just good be. time and yeah. just be just exist hopefully none of my smash friends listen to this and, and catch on because uh sorry i've been doing this for years i think invariably almost every time i've been asked to play smash 
I'm like asked, someone was like, hey, you want to play Smash? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I pick it up and they're like, oh, by the way, I'm the best Smash player in the world. And I'm like, okay, then why am I doing this? And then like, I just get absolutely tromped and I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that's over. That's like that. That's been my experience with like 90% of Smash, Smash Brothers that I've played, which is not to say it's a bad game. Probably if anything, it just says I'm bad at Smash Brothers. But again, I'm, I'll own that. That's my cross to bear. Yeah. State of play happened. A lot of games were announced. What did we not talk about that you wanted us to talk about more? Hit us up at OW Illegal 86. Final Fantasy looked awesome. Final Fantasy looked awesome. Tactic? I have nothing to say about Final Fantasy. It just looked looked absolutely gorgeous and fun. Okay, I'll give you that. It's It's not turn-based fighting, which I know you hate. Graphics, guys. The graphics here were great. Pretty much across the board. I've been waiting for graphics for a long time. I complain about it a lot in the podcast. I'm like an old man. Things are going great graphically over it over at sony so at ow legality six at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber and our main show account at online warriors one let us know what have we not hit on that you want us to hit on what games did you like what games did you not like how awesome does the callisto protocol look i mean my goodness and uh are you going to buy the psvr too and what do you hope that it has answer any and all of those questions or just talk to us over on twitter we talked to steven on twitter steven is our patreon producer as a result uh, we talked to him on Twitter. No, that's not that's not all that happens. He also gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog on our Patreon. Also gets the occasional guest spot on the show, which he was on last week, if you listen to that. And he gets this producer shout out and input into the weekly game segment as well. Uh, there's also a Squire level of support, not quite as high as Steven at the night level, but it gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and all of the details on all of those levels of support are over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Go check us out over there. Consider giving back to the show. If you want to hear me wax poetic about the Callisto protocol or about how I don't like fighting games more then uh, you should consider giving back, helping us keep the mics on, keep our voices coming into your ears, your ear holes. So patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven for continuing to support the show and continuing to guest with us. And uh, we'll take a short break now to shout out a sponsor and we will get back to you in a moment to talk about Netflix geek week. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because we heard them advertised on other shows. And quite frankly, I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And let me tell you, the hype was real. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's quick and easy for me to toss back in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. One scoop into a glass of water helps me wake up even on tired mornings, and I know my gut and immune system will be prepped for the day. And I know what you're thinking. Green drink. Blech. But Athletic Green's green drink actually tastes really good. The best part is that I get all my supplements in for way cheaper than taking individual supplements themselves. It costs less than three bucks a day, so you're investing in your health for cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's also a trusted product. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and comes recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts alike. And for every purchase, you're helping to feed kids. Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is Athletic greens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance thanks to athletic greens for helping to sponsor the show and now we'll get back to the episode netflix it is geeked week according to netflix or was it was it geek week last week i don't i don't keep up with this i think today which is the day that we're recording monday the 6th was the first day of geeked week first day of geek week we got a lot of i guess ostensibly geeky content Uh, a lot of trailers for shows new and existing a lot of which i i think are pretty geeky we mentioned resident evil before Uh, there's going to be a resident evil series so that's pretty cool premiering on july 14th uh zombie dogs giant spiders lickers 
tyrant, all kinds of things Mm -hmm. showing up there. Okay. Was that that the liquor? Yeah. They just go around. Okay. (laughs) I think we should just kind of go around and, and say something that we're particularly excited for, whether it's a new show, whether it's a continuing show. And, uh, you know, Nerd Bomber, if you, you, want, you want to go first? Ladies first. Chivalry's not dead. <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot really bad. Take a moment. I can go ahead uh, and answer your this. best life. Go ahead and answer it. So, for me, you guys know I enjoy anime, and I've watched my fair share of One Piece back in the day. Can you tell me about One Piece? I, I think this would be a good podcast, like, educational it's Cause, an, okay so it's, it, the, the, what we saw of one piece let me just say what we saw in the video in the video we saw kind of as a teaser for the show which is going to be live action we saw some of the set designs and i quickly learned because I, I can't i went into this knowing nothing about what one piece is which shame on me being a nerd podcaster and not knowing but pirate anime did I, is that basically the gist pirate super pirate power e anime i guess like everyone like it's 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 not standard anime. There's you know people have abilities and and various surprise attacks and tricks and it's it's it got a bit a, a significant amount of disbelief. I mean, for example, the the story surrounds Luffy and and he has the ability to like stretch his arms and things like that. So it's not very much just a pirate anime, which that's one of my my concerns with the live action. We've seen it on leaning into the pirates based on my exposure to it yeah. right now it's leaning but they got to have the abilities and and the, there was this fear in in marvel right of of miss marvel having stretchy limbs and i can kind of get it right it looks it looks awkward and and strange in cgi so i am it's hard to do convincingly yeah i am kind of interested on how that's going to look and how they're going to do that because they've netflix has done uh live action animes and sometimes it just it just doesn't work well at all well and I mean, One Piece... Like Death Note, for example, was weird. I didn't like right. Death Note, if any of you guys watched the live action. But One Piece, what's funny about the the show trailer that we saw where they're showing these these grandiose sets, some of the best pirates that he, that he comes across on the on the adventure have these, like, like basically a paddle boat, like these rinky-dink little nothing, and that's their grand pirate ship. And it's hilarious. It's There's no crew, it's just the one person, and... There is nothing standard pirate about this adventure, and that's what's going to be a lot of fun. We've already seen the heart cannonballs and and some of the other items that we 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 expect in the show, and so this is this is going to be a wild ride. I think it's going to bring people who haven't seen the anime to it. They're not really going to know what to expect, and they're going to enjoy every second of it. It's it's fun. It's lighthearted. It's action-packed there's heartfelt moments it's just a great show overall and i'm excited for people to, who didn't know about it to get into it it's gonna draw a bunch of people i i, I think because I do, I do think it has that draw you know it's obviously going to draw people who are fans of the original uh, anime content associated with it but i based again on the video we've seen the content we've seen the sets we've seen i think it has the grabbiness require i mean when you think about netflix right the typical use of netflix is you're scrolling through netflix looking for something to watch a lot of the time you don't know what you're going to watch when you get on netflix so you're kind of scrolling around looking for something eye-catching right i think this is going to have that to, to to its credit so we'll see what comes along there i also think the actor who's playing luffy his voice is perfect absolutely perfect so they nailed that we shall see about about one piece for me I'm going to go next because I want I want to give Nerdbomber maximum oh, time. Oh, I did actually too. have... I finally came up with the one that I want to talk about. The floor is yours. Go ahead. So, 1899 was one that kind of stuck out for me. Yes. This is like... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. This is like a, a... Almost like a mystery, but also horror. And the premise of this is really what got me. And I don't really like scary stuff. You guys know that. But I also really like things where you kind of have to figure out what's going on. And I feel like it almost has like the same... It's not the same vibe as Stranger Things at all. But like the premise where you kind of have to like pay attention to what's going on and piece together the puzzle as you're watching it. And it is kind of like dark and spooky elements is pretty neat. So I think this is actually a German show. It's from the same people who made Dark, which was really popular on Netflix, I believe. I saw trailers, never watched it. You liked it though, right? You got it. Well, oh yeah, I talked about, I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast. Dark was awesome. Dark was a great show. And that's, it's, nice thing about Dark, I think it's five seasons, four or five seasons. 
that sh- like everything you just mentioned uh you know the fact that it's kind of this like i don't know if dark is so much horror necessarily dark is a little bit more supernatural true crimey but it's not true crime it's like supernatural crime drama i guess is what you would call it maybe less horror aligned but i think it has a lot of the common elements that you, that are drawing you to 1899 i totally this wasn't what i was going to mention but i totally agree i think this is going to be an absolute hit i will probably be watching this one and even just like the story premise like the idea basically it's historical because i think it's 1899 because that's the year that this is purported to take place in and it's a bunch of european immigrants who are kind of it seems like escaping maybe something nefarious like maybe their dark past to go to new york and then they come across a ship in the middle of the ocean that's kind of adrift and then from there it gets kind of like mysterious and that just seems super cool. I really like that premise. So I'm here for it. It kind of reminds me, there was a game. I should know this. Hold on. The Oberdin? The mystery game by the pirate ship? No, it was Man of Madan. It was the oh yeah, the yeah. dark, antholo- the dark pictures anthologies. And we actually played that during Halloween. Tactic and I like swapped controllers back and forth. And I'll be honest, he held the controller and made decisions for me because I was too scared. But it was entertaining and we didn't play through the whole thing but just the idea of like adrift ships and the spooky stuff you could find on there i've always found that super cool even like back in the day like the tragedy of the titanic i always found like the actual like underwater footage of them going through the titanic to be just fascinating obviously terrifying like terrible and horrifying for all of the people on board but like just fascinating right. the footage that they got down there and what's preserved so yeah so yeah 1899 i want to i want to shout out the midnight club because i think the midnight club is going to combine elements of a couple things i watched in the past year on netflix that i that i enjoyed which honestly these days with netflix it's a bit of a rarity because i and I'll, i you know i kind of want to mention that you know we were hearing a lot about netflix is going downhill they're losing money they're going to start asking people that they're not going to have a lot of people share subscriptions and everything we're seeing trailers for a lot of new content like they're still pumping out a lot of content they're still very much alive the midnight club comes from mike flanagan who who did midnight mass i know i talked about midnight mass when i watched it last year really fantastic horror show we also watched haunting of blind manor which we liked uh, haunting of hill house we couldn't get into that was actually the first one that mike flanagan did for netflix it's probably the most popular one too we just couldn't get into that one but clearly a strong horror pedigree so again nerd bomber this one's probably not for you mike flanagan also did dr sleep the movie and that was pretty good as well i think it combines elements of all of those shows which a lot a lot of which i really liked with kind of this teenage horror thing did you guys ever watch fear street the fear street trilogy again no. probably not not nerd bombers thing so the fear street trilogy came out on netflix i believe it was last summer actually it was not around halloween i think it was last summer we watched it it was a trilogy of horror movies that took place it in different they were kind of like horror period pieces so one of them was was 90s one of them i think was 70s and one of them was like 1800s or something and they all kind of featured this interconnected web of characters who in part three wound up kind of coming together and it had a a very cool kind of old school horror movie vibe like a nightmare on elm street thing probably not coincidental considering that it was called fear street and i think it was also based on rl stein books but it was a lot of fun, you know, kind of harkened back to those old, like, you know, almost like the Scream movies, like a bunch of teenagers trying to survive, basically. This is going to, I think, take that group of teenagers and put them into a much more Mike Flanagan-y situation where you're going to get something that might not be so much jump scary as it is just pervasively unsettling. Because, you know, these Mike Flanagan shows didn't have a whole lot of jump scares in them. Just a lot of... what i'll call deeper horror and i'm really excited for that also a really cool title midnight club uh rahu Kohli, who played the sheriff in midnight mass and owen in haunting by manor i kind of announced this one he's also going to be in it along with zach guilford who i love i loved him in midnight mass and he was also of course fantastic in friday night lights the show from a long time ago so definitely excited for this one and yeah also kind of i wouldn't say excited intrigued by the sandman i don't really know a whole lot i can't about get a good feel novel about that upon one. which it's based it's kind of like it's weird because it's kind of like fully embracing like this is it okay for me to say emo 
It's like it's embracing a very well, emo vibe. It's based on a comic book that guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I have not read. No idea. That's wild this. to me. Looks like I know what I'm getting someone for Christmas. He looks very pasty. The Sandman himself. Very Robert Pattinson y. I do wonder if they're going to play ACDC. No, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Metallica. My bad. I corrected myself. I got it. I was waiting in the trailer. I was waiting for either Metallica or that old school, like, Mr. Sandman. No, no, it's got to be when it, when it comes to shows like this, you know, I always worry. Well, worry is a strong word. I don't really care what happens to it. But like fantasy shows like this that require big set pieces and great special effects. I worry that Netflix can't pull it off, you know, nor could a lot of studios. I mean, based on what they're showing with One Piece, maybe they're really opening their checkbooks. Possibly. And they, they're probably, it seems like they're going pretty hard on, in this genre, considering the success of things like the Umbrella Academy, which we got a trailer for, I think it was season three today. But I just, I I worry about that. You know, you mentioned a little while ago, and not quite, not exactly the same thing, but like, how paramount plus did halo and it kind of devolved into a sci-fi original feeling show and that's kind of where i see things like this going and and i i don't really mean that in a good way i i want to give them the benefit of the doubt but i that's kind of where i see shows like this going Um, i don't think that that's going like you're you're touching on something more like the imperfects which is another show that that is coming to Netflix, but that's more, you know, superhero-y that we're going to see. I think this is more, I want to say Allison in Wonderlanny, where, you know, it appears the Sandman was, was locked up and he wants to bring his world back to what it once was prior to being captured and maybe invoke vengeance on those who captured him. And and I think that's where it, really where it's going to focus is this phantasmic world and be centered around that main character. I don't think it's going to be superhero-y. I am torn, not to totally change subjects, but I am super torn by Wednesday because I think Wednesday, like I've never been particularly into the Adams family, but I'm willing to acknowledge it as an entertainment institution that will probably never die. And I'm not sure that it should. I don't tend to like Tim Burton that much. I kind of feel you there. I really do. He, if it, but if you ask me like, pick a director to do the Adams family. He's like probably the top of the list. Like he's probably the most Adams family person ever, just in general, just kind of his sensibility and how he does things and how everything he does is kind of this like whimsical, creepy thing. It seems like a really, really good marriage. And the trailer itself was, you know, super simple, but I think it got the point across. And I, I think that could be a big hit again, you know, if only because they're going to maybe draw new fans, but also fans of the Adams family, like the original show and all the, various renditions that have happened afterwards uh that one could be a powerhouse so yeah got a bunch of other trailers for things entering season two and season three season sweet two season two lock and key season three fate the wink saga season two warrior nun season two shadow and bone season two manifest season four now i'm breezing through all of these because i have not watched a single one of these yeah shows. i was just gonna uh, say stop, every time stop me if you have every time that like but, netflix is a geeked week like i've heard good things about a lot of these shows but i always forget how many original shows that netflix pumps out like i can't even fathom having the time to watch them all right now like there's so many different shows that they have and i always forget about them but that also could be like I've heard All of Us Are Dead is really good. That one also got renewed for season two. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's great. But again, like you said, it's just there's so many it's it's almost an oversaturation of content. Like I don't I don't have time for all this, Netflix. Like I don't know, that I, I probably I could have time for it if I just only watch Netflix all the time. Maybe that's what they want me to do. I just I can't help but feel like that's part of why they have money problems right now though like think about if they just scaled back a little bit and i know probably fans of one of these shows are going to be like how dare you but like if you cut the list in half you would still get a lot of people watching i feel like getting bigger audiences for shows is probably better than getting like a bunch of tiny audiences for a bunch of shows like there's i feel like there's an argument to be made there i don't know if i have the this the marketing skill to make it but that's my opinion. I've always wanted to watch Manifest. It seems like a very interesting idea for a show. 
Uh, this is, are you guys familiar with Manifest? This is the one where a plane takes off and then, and it lands and the people get out and they're like, what happened? And they're, like, they're just walking off the plane like normal and they see the people come up to them and they're like, we thought you were dead. This plane's been in the air for five years. Like five years have passed since they since they took off. So like they don't even know where they went or anything. They just kind of like touch down and five years have passed. It gives I just think me that's a very interesting one-line premise for a show. No, it gives me very Lost vibes. Yeah, look, and I loved Lost. So like those are two, you just named two things. Like I just, I think it's a really good, like, I think, I think a good show, you should be able to describe the premise of it in a sentence like that without really missing any detail. And some shows are really good at that and some shows aren't. And I, I just, I've always wanted to watch Manifest again, just never gotten around to it. Getting to season four. So it's seems to be moving along quite well. What did we not mention from Geek Week, guys? Where did we fail? Let us know. Twitter handle is mentioned earlier in the episode. What are you the most excited for? I'm going to take the first what are you up to today because I'm going to stick stick with Netflix. And I'm going to I'm going to publicly apologize to Netflix here actually. I I believe last week on the show, I don't know if I said Stranger Things was over. I know I said Marvel was over, and I stand by that. I may have at least implied that I thought Stranger Things was over and that I wasn't excited about watching it and that I was going to begrudgingly watch it and probably not get that much out of it. Uh, I was wrong. <sighs> Stranger Things season four, we are about halfway through it, and man, does it hold up. Like, yes, the kids have all aged quite a bit. Like, two or three years went by since the last season came out. The Duffer brothers really, really know what they're doing. The direction is so... A direction of the show, I mean, not necessarily the like not what the director does, but, like, the narrative direction of the show is so crystal clear, and that shines through super well. The cast is amazing. Uh, very tightly plotted, great set of characters, uh, amazing soundtrack, amazing 80s vibe, a lot of really good period piece attention to detail. I don't have a bad thing to say about it right now. I think they're hitting the bullseye exactly where they're supposed to be, and I'm as surprised as anyone to say that. But we're pretty we're pretty hooked into that right now. I'm not that surprised, so, though. Like, think about all the time they had to nail this down. And the problem with it, too, is like, it reminds me how good Netflix shows can be and how so many of them are not. Like Netflix content, it's it. You have to be able to kind of kind of weed through it and find the good ones. And like Stranger Things, when it first came out, there wasn't this inundation of content. It was easy to see that it was good. There may be other shows like this that are kind of hiding amongst all this kind of chaff, and that bothers me. Yeah, Netflix shows can be can still be good. That's what this proves. You know, I don't know if you if Stranger Things has reached a point where it's just kind of coasting on its own momentum. But it doesn't feel that way watching it. And that's, again, definitely to its credit. I don't know. Did, have you, did you guys watch? Have you guys... Are you caught up on Stranger Things up to season four? I don't even know if we're you guys up to season four. We haven't started season four. Okay. Well, it's... I think it's phenomenal. I don't, you don't need to rush to watch it because it doesn't end until July, I believe. I think they're holding back the finale, which is like two hours long. I will say the episodes are long. They're all over an hour, but they don't really feel that long when you watch them. Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty well paced. So if you're worried about that, I understand, but you'll, you'll be okay. That's kind of my, my general feedback on that. Uh, so I wanted to uh, shout that out. The other thing I wanted to shout out, I bought, first of all, my birthday happened and I got some fantastic gifts. I got some, some puzzle mystery games from, from the two, my two co-hosts, as well as a book Woo-woo. that I am really looking forward to sinking my teeth into. I also got some Nintendo Switch eShop money. which went directly to another board game port, which some people might find boring, but to them I say, heck off. Sagrada, one of my favorite board games ever, has a really, really well, really, really well done port on the Nintendo Switch. Actually better than the Wingspan port that I've been playing, finding Sagrada to be infinitely more satisfying. If you're a fan of dice drafting, it's it's a can't miss. So I'll just shout that out briefly and uh, turn it over to my good buddy Tectic. Tectic. What's the story, man? So one of the main things we did this past week was we traveled down for a family wedding. And you guys know I love food. And one of the and we didn't even go that that down that many states. But one of the things that I found very strange, and it might have just been completely random, is why is everybody putting gravy on everything? We had steak, came with a side of gravy. I got a breakfast sandwich, side of gravy. What what is all the gravy? Even we got little donuts and it came with 
I'm not even joking. Like a cinnamon, sweet gravy. Yeah, it was like a sweet cinnamon gravy. Like, it was guys, confusing. Chill with your gravies. It grosses me out, honestly. I, gravy is like, I've come around to gravy over the past like five to six years. For a while, I was like, gravy's gross. And even now, I'm still kind of working my like, way into it. Your steak should never need gravy. Maybe like a like a mushroom mashed potato like like just like whatever you're basing your pan in with some mushrooms and sautéed onions, but like it shouldn't be a sauce in, in my opinion. Turkey, the, the steak and, should be able to and mashed potatoes. Sure, but steak should be able to stand on its own. If it's a good steak, it should be able to stand on its own. Right, shouldn't need that nonsense. Totally agreed. Totally Same agreed. with breakfast sandwiches. The cheese should would be what delivers you to just that. That that wonderful yes, that wonderful bite. It should be it should be just melty, gooey cheese. Well, and gravy like if I, if I put gravy on a breakfast sandwich, I'm not coming back. That's it for the day. Yeah, you're going to I'm bed. Down. You're going back. You just don't even don't even come find me. I'm going, going back, back to bed. Right. That's no that's no good for anyone. So there was that, and then the other thing that I want to talk about is whatever Nerd Bomber did, because. I love how your update was basically just shout out to gravy. <laughs> shout out to gravy. I, I mean, look. Or no. Call, call it what No it shout outs to gravy. Well, a lot of our week was spent, you know, on we that We drive trip. everywhere. So it was the day of travel, day of travel, there and back. Days of gravy. Gravy. Y- y'all need to chill with the gravy, all right? You heard it here first. That's the tech tip for today. Chill out with the gravy. Uh, But, you know, in the meantime... Kind of like in between. So like, you know, trying to fall asleep at night in the hotel, all that kind of stuff. We binged American Auto. This is, it's only got 10 episodes. Uh, It's currently the full season is on Hulu. It premiered on network TV. I can't even tell you what network because we caught it on Hulu and I don't pay attention. I want to say maybe ABC, but not clear. This is a Justin Spitzer show. He was one of the writers on Scrubs. And also Superstore. So if you liked either of those two shows, kind of the same humor. But American Auto is focused on the auto industry and basically following the adventures of the kind of misguided, befuddled executives at an American auto company. And it was really entertaining, I will say. I NBC. NBC. By the way. Thank you. NBC. Thank you. I am one of those people. I really like workplace comedies. I think Justin Spitzer is really good at the workplace comedy. Like, I remember when we watched Superstore, it was so relatable as someone who worked for so long in a grocery store. And granted, like, there was some time between when I last worked retail and when I watched Superstore. But, you know, the fundamentals of a workplace are all kind of the same and relatable, no matter like the time, the era or what industry and so american auto was pretty solid and tactic i don't i don't know if you had an opinion one way or another on the show but it was also just interesting too because you know as engineers like i'm not gonna say i'm a big car buff but like i have a general understanding of you know the design process of automobiles and what goes into them and the premise is basically like the ceo who takes over this auto company has never worked in the car industry, came from pharmaceuticals, and has no idea what she's doing. And it's just kind of funny to to watch that kind of stuff. I don't know. I enjoyed it. And then I also Sweet. read a few books. I binged a couple rom-com books, uh, The People You Meet on Vacation, I believe it's called, and also The Unhoneymooners. They were Good summer reads, good to read in the car, very light and airy. You you know how they're going to end as you would with a rom-com movie. It's it, it like, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get. So it's a fun, right. light, S- fluffy summer, read. Yeah, summer reads are a genre and they're very carefree. You don't, have to, you don't they don't have to be, you know, Pulitzer winning, whatever. Uh, just just let them be what they are. I wish I could read in the car. Also, side note, I can't read in the car. Sick. That would be cool if I could. They have those glasses right. now. I don't know if you saw them, but they're like the liquid filled. They're like circular and then they have liquid in it, almost like a oh, level. Oh, you look so cool in those. Like <laughs> cooler then, than normal. Sounds like a practical joke. Well, it basically, the water tilts as your car moves. So then your brain is kind of tricked into thinking like that's the horizon. And so it like levels oh out gosh. your seasickness. I don't know. These these cannot be real. They are a hundred percent real, and they look absolutely ridiculous. But I've heard they work. Make this 
make this the cover photo for the episode, please. Just look up the photo of these and like just the stock photo of like the companies that sell these. These are the funniest looking things I've ever seen in my life. They don't look real. So I think we just came up with a new vlog idea, though, where you get these. And then I try them. We yeah. drive around and see if you throw up in the car as you read. They're pretty cheap. So that sounds pretty good to me. Loser of trivia has to wear them for a full day at work. Oh, all right. That's the stakes. Yeah. Those stakes may be a little high for we, me. We don't, we don't well, get into our careers here, man. Right. I'll wear them. I, that, that's what I'll say. I'll wear them if I lose. How about that? Nerd Bomber's hosting today. Take us on a take us on an intellectual journey, would you, Nerd Bomber? All right. So this week's topic, very topical with our news in the PlayStation State of Play, is Final Fantasy. And I know nobody here is like the biggest Final Fantasy nerd, so I think the playing field is pretty level here. As always, Price is Right style. It's all numerical based answers. Get as close as you can without going over. Whoever is the closest will get a point. And best of five will win the game. Dun, dun, dun. Easy. We'll have Tactic go first so Illegal can get the first kind of advantage because I think you're losing these days. Yes. I'm seven and seven. Tactic is seven and six. You're six and eight. So really, you're the one who's losing. But hey, you're hosting. So yeah, I can't, I can't really... do anything about that today. Yeah. Okay, so our first question, Final Fantasy II on the NES has the smallest inventory in the series. How many items does the game allow you to hold at a time? This was eight. I was going to say nine, but I don't want to use my plus one. I feel like I have to go under. I'm going to say four. I'm going to just cut you in half. All right, so Tectic gets his first point here. The game allowed for only 32 individual items to be in <laughs> you your inventory. <laughs> oh, you guys kind of undershot. Okay, fair enough. But here's here's my philosophy, and, and I would have guessed a multiple of eight. Think about it. It was all eight, 16, 24. Oh, eight bit. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And apparently the issue, though, because as I said, this was the smallest inventory in the entire series, the issue was made worse because you also had to store key items in your inventory. So then by the time you had all of your key items, you could only have 18 free slots by the end of the game for other things. So Tectic has the first point in the game, but illegal, don't worry. There's still Not plenty worried. of opportunities yeah, for you to come back. It's fine. I, it's all good. Final Fantasy XIII was the fastest selling game in the series at the time of its release. How many copies did it sell in the first two weeks? Eight million. Eight million. Was it released worldwide or in a specific location? I don't have that information, but I would assume since Square is a Japanese company that it's probably worldwide. And what did Illegal say? Eight million. Do you, can I know what year it was released? No. <laughs> what are all these questions what are these follow-up questions just answer the just do what i did just pick a number out of thin air that's the fun way to do it one he is using his one spot that's not a, it, that's not a spot yeah. well you can only do plus one and one one time so it worked in your favor though because you won that's crap that's crap. it sold 1.7 million copies in the first two weeks that it was on sale come on guys you should have bought more well, you, it was only you doing two weeks. There? Yeah, and it's very popular. Eight million. I don't know, man. Like a lot a for that. All right, I got to go for the clean sweep here on the last three. Challenge accepted. So, sticking in the realm of Final Fantasy thirteen, one of the super bosses, the Dragon Aeronite, has the highest HP out of any enemy in the entire Final Fantasy series. If you bring him within a chaos infusion while playing on hard mode, what is the HP of Aeronite in this scenario. This is 800,000. Way higher than that. 1.5 million. Illegal gets his first point. The answer is 57,750,000 health points. Yeah, that when you get when you get battle. to like the end bosses, like one attack is like 30,000. I should I should have gone way higher. Right. Sweet. I'm on the board. 2 to 1. Feels good. Next question up. There are at least how many separate enemies in Final Fantasy XI, which has more separate enemies than any other game in the Final Fantasy series? I don't even... Can you say that question again? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thinker. Sorry. Thinker. How many separate... En- <laughs> <Let me> st- 
Okay. Final Fantasy XI has more enemies than any other game in the series. How many separate enemies are in Final Fantasy XI? Boy, much better phrasing that time. My my brain didn't feel like it was melting out of my ears. <laughs> I look. This is this is gonna be trouble for me. I'm gonna say 128. So I could seal the deal. You could seal the deal here. Yeah. You you look look. You're entitled to it. I'm not gonna be mad. 129. Hey man, what the heck? <laughs> well, the plus one took it. Keep in mind, Tectic used Cr- both of clear. his one options, and I don't think illegal used either of his. I was planning on using my plus one on the last question. See what I should have done? Strategy. I should have guessed like a million. So then you couldn't plus one me, but then you, well, you could have guessed one again. Dang. Or no, you would, well, you could have guessed like 500. But I, I still would have won, over. wouldn't I, I? Or no, you would have tied it. You had the opportunity to tie it. I, yeah, I could have tied it if I used the smart part of my brain. But what was the answer, Nurbam? Yeah, I didn't tell you guys whether, oh no, I did say that he won. You did. You okay. did. You said he won, yeah. There are 3,500 and counting separate enemies in Final Fantasy eleven. The final Shout question. Out to the final Fantasy devs. That's insane. It is insane. Final question here. This is my personal favorite. In what year did Square Enix partner with Dippin' Dots to promote Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, which is a spinoff of Final Fantasy? Yeah, the Chocobo is the chicken that you can ride. Yep. I know that about Final Fantasy. It's like one of the few things that I know. So that was in 2002. 2003. Illegal, you finally got a second point. 2019. Yeah, it was right. fairly wow. recently. Don't patronize me. You finally got a second point. <laughs> Sorry. Golly. See, I felt like All right, well, I felt like Dippin' Dots were like more rage in early 2000. Dippin' Dots are the ice cream of the future, man. Yeah. Step off. Yeah, but like... They're, they're, they're still going on, man. They're still here. If there's a future, there will be Dippin' Dots. Dippin' Dots, not that good. I'm just throwing that out there. You shut your mouth. Dippin' Dots are fantastic. All right, we'll argue about that off off the air. But for now, I moved to seven and eight. Technic moves to eight and six. Nerd Bomber still at six and eight. Uh, Steven, one and one. Nerd Bomber ruined your undefeated record. I will never forget. Sorry, not sorry. Thank you all for joining us for this fantastic episode of the Online Warriors podcast. You can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. If you're interested in giving us some feedback, hit us up on Twitter as well. Our handles that I mentioned at least once in the back or the earlier part of the episode. And uh, I think that, didn't we decide, is the tech tip today? Oh, crap. What was I it? got one. Oh, man, it was... It was funny, too, what I was going to say, but you do do yours. That's fine. Take us out with the text. So if you only know of 25 letters in the alphabet, I'd like you to take a moment and think about why. That was, that was pretty good.